0: You are listening to the Tenacious Acorn podcast. I'm your host, Jessica O'Neill. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. You may have already noticed some differences in the audio. Um, I am on a clip-on mic outside as opposed to my usual Yeti mic on my treadmill desk. And today I'm going to call this a pedcast because we are literally going to go for a walk together, you and I. I guess we could call it a walk and talk, but you know I love a pun, so that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a pedcast, and it's also a beautiful, beautiful St. Patrick's Day here in North Carolina. It's about 74 degrees out here in my neighborhood, and everything is green and in bloom, and so it seemed like a perfect way to incorporate getting in my daily walk and my vitamin D and recording this for you to listen to. And while we're walking, I'm going by and it's like a turtle convention at the pond behind my house. And in fact, here's a little guy who just made it across the road and now he's looking at me like I'm crazy. So you may hear some traffic noise while we're walking today, but you'll just have to bear with that so that you can come along with me on this awesome, awesome walk. So why am I out here walking and talking to you instead of in my office? Well, if you read the blog, and if you don't, you should, because it's full of great recipes and great information. But if you read the blog that I put up last night when I had insomnia (laughs) at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, I talk about why it's so important for us to walk and some easy ways to incorporate more walking into our daily lives. And that was brought on by my experience Tuesday. I know I've talked about it before and I harp on it all the time that I really do think that walking is the best exercise and it's so accessible and pretty much everyone can do it. You don't really even need any special equipment or clothing. But Tuesday, it was primary elections here in North Carolina and several other states as well. And I had volunteered to work for my local election board as, a, as an elections official at a polling place. So I was up at four in the morning. I was at my polling place with my entire day's worth of food and beverages. And I proceeded to sit in a chair in front of a laptop with bad ergonomics. It was not... The table was not the right height from the chair, etc., etc. Sitting in a chair from 6.30 in the morning until 7.45 in the evening with just a few short breaks where I could get up and walk around, stretch my legs, and get a little bit of blood flowing. Now, luckily, we had found some slightly more comfortable chairs than what they had originally given us. They were those Decrepit metal folding chairs that we're all familiar with. And we managed to find a few that were a little, had better back support and uh, a padded seat, and they were wider. So I was actually able to shift around a lot, sit up on my knees for part of it, sit uh, in a lotus position for part of it, half lotus, you know, just because I'm short. I'm only. I'm 5'3 on a good day. I usually tell people I'm 5'3. But a lot of times my feet don't touch the floor when I'm sitting in a regular desk chair or office chair. So being able to have the ability to tuck them up uh, so they're not just hanging down and all of that fluid just sinking down into my feet and my ankles. You know, like when you're stuck on a long flight, And at the end of it, your feet feel like little basketballs. I'm actually going to turn around walking at this point, which is something great about walking. You can change direction on a dime because there is a giant landscaping truck up ahead of us. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I don't want to have to try to yell over them. And of course, we're walking this way. And now another group of landscapers are coming at me. So being able to shift around allowed me to be a little bit more comfortable. But still sitting for that great length of time when I'm really not used to that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I definitely sit probably more than I should, probably more than I even recommend for other people, but when you're trying to edit things and edit photographs and podcasts and blog posts, sometimes it's not always possible to be on your treadmill and moving, although I do try to do a lot of that while I'm just standing up, if nothing else. But I knew by the end of that evening already that I was going to be in massive pain on Wednesday. I could feel it all through my lower back, all through my gluteal muscles, through my IT bands in the front. It was just crazy. So when I got home, I did some stretching. I took some ibuprofen. I had stayed really well hydrated during the day, so I wasn't worried about that aspect so much. But I did go ahead and drink about a quart of water before I went to bed, just because talking all day, it definitely does tend to dehydrate you uh, just a little bit more quickly than you would if you weren't talking continuously for about 14 hours. So then yesterday, when I woke up, after sleeping like a rock because I was exhausted, I could barely get out of bed. Even after having stretched, after having taken my ibuprofen, after having done all of that, I got out of bed like I was 250 years old. It was not a pleasant experience. And my lower back was really twingy, really uncomfortable. Uh, I just felt lethargic all day. You know, like if if you've ever had the flu and then you're recovering from it and you just feel yeah, your muscles are kind of sore. It's not like an acute pain. It's just like a dull ache and nothing really seems to make it feel better. I did the hot shower thing. I did uh, I did a little pain reliever. I rubbed on some essential oils to help with it. Uh, I tried to keep my lower back warm. I sat out in the sunshine because yesterday was, a, again, a beautiful 78-degree day. I sat out there. I drank tea. You know, I did all the things that you do to try to feel better and I was exhausted still and I realized I need to move that's what the problem is I'm used to moving during the day and when you are used to moving and then suddenly you spend a whole day like all cramped up and you're using all of your mental energy to accomplish a task and it's very interactive with the public and you're taking other people's energy in, and you're trying to just give out so much positive energy while you're there with almost no breaks, really, and not, I did not take enough food, I'll be honest with you, not that I had time to eat it, but, you know, that all took a huge toll on me, so by the end of yesterday, I didn't even want to eat dinner, but I did make myself eat dinner. But by the end of yesterday, I knew that I had to get out here today. I had to get, be out in the sunshine. I had to be moving. I also knew that I had to get a podcast recorded, edited, and posted for you guys. Uh, and so here we are out here together on this walk, hearing the, hearing the birds, hearing the dulcet tones of the leaf blowers and the delivery vans and all that sort of thing. But the fact that walking is such a natural thing for us to do, that when we don't get a chance to do it, we don't feel right, should be an indication to us that we need to be doing more of it. And we know what the health benefits of walking are. We know that people who walk regularly have lower blood glucose levels. We know that they have improved cardiac health. We know that they have lower body fat percentages, that they have better sleep. They have less mental health disorders. Walking is one of the greatest ways to treat depression. Physical exercise can really, really, really help mitigate the effects of depression. Some people don't need medication at all once they start walking or exercising in a regular way. And I think that is a great thing. But it just has so many benefits for us. I was talking with a pharmacist about a week and a half ago and her specialty is working with people who have diabetes. And she tells all of her all of her uh, pharmaceutical patients who come to her for their diabetes medication. You know, if you don't change anything else, you know, if I understand if you don't want to change your diet, but if you don't change anything else, go for a walk after dinner. Just go for a 20 minute walk after dinner, and you will see your blood glucose levels improve immediately. And that's from somebody who has a doctorate in pharmacology. She's not a health coach. She makes her living handing people drugs. But she knows how important it is for us to walk. And she said that most of her patients, most of her clients, aren't interested in making that change, even though it would be hugely beneficial to them. We also know that our anatomy is designed to move at a moderate pace for long periods of time. That's why some of the largest muscles in our body are in our lower body, in our gluteus maximus region. Uh, Our our legs are designed to hold our body weight up during the day. Our core muscles, our abdominal muscles, the muscles in our lower back and our mid-back, are designed to stabilize us while we are in an upright moving position. This is really the perfect exercise for almost every single one of us. Even if you suffer a bit with uh, osteoarthritis or uh, some other joint pain issues, once you start moving, you'll find that your joints begin to feel better because they're being used. And just like if you think of the parts in a car or any piece of machinery, when it sits and isn't used, that's when things start to stick. That's when things become difficult to move. When it's moving, when it's being used the way it's meant to be, when it's running, everything's moving freely, everything's going along just like it's supposed to. But then if you shut it down, for an extended period of time, getting it restarted is gonna be a little bit more difficult. You're gonna have sticking issues. You're gonna to have to put a little more effort into it, start it off slowly before you bring it up to speed. And that's something we need to bear in mind with ourselves as well. If we've been on the couch or in the office chair or in the, in the schoolroom for hours and hours and hours, For weeks and weeks and weeks for months and months and months years and years and years it's probably not a great idea for us to just get up one day and start running you know we're not Forrest Gump was a movie character not a real person so most of us a really great way to get ourselves moving again in a really regular way in a really functional way in a really healthy way is just to put on a pair of comfortable shoes and go for a walk. If you're a real primal movement advocate, you don't even need the shoes. You can just acclimate your feet to being barefoot most of the time and go out with no shoes on or very minimal shoes. But again, if you're somebody who's not used to moving uh, a lot on a regular basis, if you're somebody who's used to having that desk job, that desk experience, then I don't recommend that you start with bare feet. I really recommend that you go ahead and, you know, at least put on a pair of Keds or something. But if you are somebody who has that stressful job where you're inside during the day or you're a college student, and trust me, you know, I've been there. I've had both the extended student experience and the office inside job experience. You know, it can be hard to figure out how to get your walking into your day without getting up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning and walking in the dark or, you know, walking at 10 o'clock at night after you've gotten everything tucked away after dinner and the kids are in bed and the, the partner is ensconced in front of House of Cards or whatever their show is, and then you're out in the dark again by yourself. There are ways to incorporate walking, even if not for hugely long periods of time, all in one stretch into your day. One of the easiest ways, and this is, honestly, this is an argument we have in our household all the time, how many times have you yourself or seeing other people circling the parking lot, looking for that closest space to the front door of wherever you're going, whether it's the grocery store or work or the mall or movie theater, get so excited when you find that space right up front, right? We even call, we call it the Doris Day spot, right? Because in, in every movie, no matter what, you know, usually New York City, Doris Day movie, She would just pull right up in front of the swanky restaurant or establishment where that scene was going to take place and just you know there was always just a parking space right there for her no problem we get really excited when we find that doris day spot it's like oh i must be it must be a vip day for me well i'm gonna suggest that you forgo the excitement of the doris day spot and that you go ahead and grab that spot that's further out there, that spot that's further out on the edge of the parking lot, or maybe maybe even in the auxiliary overflow spot, if that's at all possible for you. You know, but bearing in mind, if you come and go at odd times, or that overflow lots in a secluded area, not necessarily the safest area, then, you know, you have to put your safety first. But if it's feasible, head straight for that last row. Head straight for the overflow lot. You know, you might have to get to work a couple minutes earlier or to school a couple minutes earlier. It's probably not a big deal if you're in school, you're probably already in the overflow lot unless your first class is at 6 a.m. or something. But just making that one small change you could possibly be able to add you know, a quarter to a half a mile of walking into your daily total, which would be kind of great, wouldn't it? I mean, really, all you've done is change where you park and you're already doing something healthier for yourself. It's even better if you live a mile or less from where you work or go to school and you can just commute on foot. But unfortunately, most of us don't live in communities that are designed to really encourage pedestrian commuting. I I sure don't, that's one of the things that I rail about down here all the time. We are so car centric in this town unless you live right downtown. But just making a, a change in where you park and how you choose to look for a parking space can easily add again, a quarter to a half a mile into your daily walking totals. So another thing that you can do if you're in an office or, you know, if you're on a campus, if you need to talk to somebody about a project or, you know, some s- communicate with them some issue in the office, if it's at all possible, forego the... Instant messaging of choice, you know, whether it's Slack or Messenger or whatever. Just walk down to their office or their cubicle, or you know, wherever it is that if if you know they're always in the library at two o'clock, uh, walk over there and find them and talk to them face to face. First of all, you're going to be you're going to be reinforcing those interpersonal relationships that are critical to our successes as humans, we are social animals, and especially at work. They're really critical to our success at work. So obviously, if if you're in the middle of something and you can't get away from your desk, you know, yeah, use the messaging app or pick up the phone. But if there's any way that you can just stand up, you know, take a five-minute stroll, talk to somebody face-to-face five minutes back, that little bit of movement during the day can get the blood flowing again. It can help clear your mind a little bit. It can give you just that little bit of like, ha, ah, ooh, feel so much better. That little bit of spark left. You know, give, give that little spark back. So that's two easy ways. The third thing that I'm going to suggest is we have just, in most of the US, turned our clocks ahead an hour this past weekend which gives us a little bit of extra light at the end of the day i suggest switching up your weekly or twice a week or however many times a week happy hour meetup at least half of your happy hour meetups with walking meetups you know i'm sure there's somebody else like-minded in your group of regular friends that you meet up with after work, who would love to meet up and go for a walk. And then you can you know, you can still grab a glass of wine or a cold one when the walk is through. I know here in my town, most of the great places to go for an after work drink are downtown anyway. we have a beautiful riverfront with a, with a boardwalk on it just in addition to the, the streets and the sidewalks all around downtown. And it's easy to park your car, meet up with your friend, go for a 20- or 30-minute walk around downtown, come back and have your cocktail, have your glass of wine, have your wind-down time, your decompression time. You know, and you've gotten your half-hour walk-in. I don't, I don't know what could be better after a walk, in the late afternoon sunshine than to sit down with that same friend and enjoy a glass of wine and maybe a little healthy appetizer before you go home and finish out your evening. So we've got parking far away from where we want to be, easy. We've got walking to run our errands or uh, meet up and ask a question, uh, collaborate on a project. We've got switching out happy hour for a walking happy hour. And then the fourth one is really my favorite. (laughs) If you know me in person, you know that I am a total animal nut. You know that I am just crazy about all animals. So you can already see this one coming. But I'm gonna tell you to walk your dog. If you don't have a dog, that's totally cool. I'm going to tell you that you can volunteer at a shelter or a rescue organization. They always need people to come in just to walk the dogs. Now I know it's hard for me. I have to be really careful who I volunteer my time for because I am the kind of person that cannot walk into a shelter that euthanizes animals because I will leave with all of them. But there are plenty of no-kill shelters and organizations in every county and most towns across the U.S. that have dogs that are waiting for their forever families to come and collect them and they love to have people volunteer. It's great for the dogs to be socialized, and it's also great for you to get that exercise and get that contact with a a furry critter. It's so good for us. But if you don't feel like you wanna commit to volunteering for something like that, See if you have a friend who has a couple of dogs and say, hey, you know, I need an excuse to walk. Can I make a dog walking date with you? Or maybe you have a neighbor who's a little on the elderly side and they have a dog and they have a fenced in yard, but if you're friends with them, you could approach them and and say, you know, hey, I'm trying to do this thing, I'm trying to motivate myself to walk I know you have your dog. I love your dog. Do you think it would be okay if uh, a couple times a week I took your dog for a walk just to just to make myself go out and do it? I doubt many people are going to say no to that if they know you. So that's something I suggest. And if you're, if you don't have a dog, but you feel like you could fit one into your life, definitely consider adopting one. And then you've got a buddy who's always ready to go for a walk with you no matter what. So there's some simple steps that you can take to incorporate walking into your life. Now, I'm not advocating irresponsibly adopting a pet that you don't have time for, things like that. Like I said, you can always walk a neighbor's dog or a friend's dog or volunteer, but we can all park a little further away. We can all get up from our desks and walk around. We can all meet somebody face-to-face you know we can make those easy changes and it'll benefit us physically and mentally and the social aspect is important as well because we are we are animals that need social contact and in our very technologically advanced world where we're connected all the time we're often not connected and that has those negative effects on us as well so I appreciate you coming out here on this, on this beautiful St. Patrick's Day with me to walk around in the neighborhood, and I hope that you will use the extra hour of sunlight on the end of your day to do something good for yourself, to benefit your health, benefit your physical being and your mental being, and I hope that you'll join me in the next episode. In the meantime, you can go to the blog at tenaciousacorn.com. Check out the latest recipes and my fermentation project updates. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, where I usually post pictures of all the crazy things that I'm working on. And, of course, there's the Facebook page as well, and it's all Tenacious Acorn. I look forward to you joining me next time. Until then... Take care of yourself. Ciao.